Good morning, Connection Church. And Happy New Year. So before we start, you know the drill, you know, if you can just like say hi to the people in front or in back of the site, you know, just like bless them. <laughs> So I still cannot believe that we have entered the year 2022. You know, can you believe it? I feel like 2021 just flew that way, just like disappear. And I really hope that we could have finished 2021 smoothly. But then we heard about the fire in Boulder and the surroundings area. It's just so close to home. And, you know, we know that they didn't expect that to happen three days ago. If you would like to help the people who were impacted by the fire, the YMCA in Lafayette, they're accepting blankets, pillows, and uh, dog and cat food as well. So, so please help them because, you know, I just could not imagine uh, how they went through all these things. It is very, you know, painful to just like think about it. And these past two years have not been easy for a lot of people, not only in the US, but also the, for the people in the rest of the world. We face all these difficulties, you know, fiercely, despite the feelings of loss and isolation. And we hope this coming year in our desperation for COVID-19 to end and to be under control, that God can give us the wisdom to follow his direction so that we can move forward with our life and honor him in every decision that we make. So before I preach on the text today, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that I can share your word with our brothers and sisters at Connection Church and who are in person or also online right now. Let's please bless everyone as you have blessed me with this message that we can learn how to follow you and how to know your direction in the times of desperation. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today reading is from 1 Kings 17, 1 to 16. And I would like to have everyone to read this passage together. So I will lead all the women. So probably Pastor George can come with me and then, you know, we can read it together. So the woman will read the odd numbers and then uh, Pastor George will lead all the male, uh, the men to read the even numbers. Okay. So I hope the words will speak to you directly. Okay. So let's start. Uh, let's the woman start first. Now... Eliza the Tisbite from Tisbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel live, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Live here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. 
So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Rabin, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me, Please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar little olive oil in a jar. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Eliza said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain upon the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Thank you, Ruth. So when I was, when I found out that I was going to preach today, I was thinking and changing my mind so many times for the topic of my sermon. So probably 10 times. More because Pastor George already told me a long time ago that I'm preaching today. And I ask myself and I pray, what do we really need right now as the body of Christ during this time when so many of us are struggling, not only because of COVID, but because of the brokenness in this world? Then the pastors of Elijah and the widow of Jarephath came to my mind. And then as I reread, the story, my heart was heavy, but hopeful at the same time. Because more than 2,800 years ago, when this story took place, Prophet Eliza, whose name means the Lord is God, had to grow through his own struggles. And at the same time, had to lift up the meaning of his name, that the Lord is God, and there is no other. So just imagine when somebody called Elijah, oh, the Lord is God, the Lord is God, you know. And from the life of Elijah, we will see how he followed God's direction in times of desperation and acknowledge 
that the Lord is God and He is the one who is in control of everything. So one of Elijah's very first assignment recorded in the Bible was to walk into the court of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel and give them the latest weather report that there would be no rain until Elijah stopped the drought because King Ahab had brought the kingdom to a religious crisis by marrying the queen from Sidon who worshipped Baal and built the temples of Baal. Baal, the Canaanite god, is the god of storms and fertility. He was the one who provides water and bread, who defeats the forces of death and famine. So it is ironic that the God they worship could not bring the rain. So by declaring the national disaster, Elijah showed up to protest God's displeasure toward the king, even though outwardly the northern kingdom prospered under the king. So we have to know that actually it was, you know, he was great as a king because the kingdom prospered. The capital grew more splendid with an ivory palace. The kingdom was prosperous materially and had a lot of allies. So he did not do anything wrong, you know, with the way he managed the kingdom. But inwardly, the kingdom was corrupted by the worshiping of the idols. Thus the prophetic words of Elijah of the drought struck the idea of the real source of Israel's prosperity. It is between Baal and Yahweh as the real God. So imagine living in that kind of era that speaking boldly against the ruler of the kingdom could have the consequences to being put to death. It is different than living in the U.S. nowadays that making fun of the former or current presidents has become an accepted norm. So I really hope that it is not the norm of this church to make fun everyone in authority, even though you cannot agree with the policies. So instead of making fun, we should spend more time praying for those in authority. So going back to Elijah, I can only imagine how he felt as the prophet who was supposed to bring the people to God, knowing that the majority of the people were worshiping Baal. He must felt so discouraged. I feel the same discouragement, not when the people park, you know, in front of our church, going to the church next door. I didn't feel that discouraged. I feel the same discouragement when I went to a football game with thousands of people in attendance and they have to pay to go to the game, but they still go instead of going to church even though there is no ticket needed going to church. So I feel a little bit discouraged. And then a lot of the time I was thinking, how can we make all these people going to church? So while Kyle was enjoying the game, I usually start to pray that one day all of these people will come to church and be excited, you know, watching Broncos game and be excited as when they taste the goodness of our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So hopefully one day, you know, our church will be full of people that they will declare Jesus is their God. 
As a faithful servant of the Lord, Elijah knew that no matter how desperate the situation he was in, he could go back to God and ask for his direction about what to do. Unfortunately, sometimes God's direction are not necessarily great. So it is not great, okay, or in our favor. That's what happened to Elijah when he had to go before King Ahab. God's direction was very risky. As I mentioned earlier, by declaring the drought, Elijah could have lost his life. Therefore, after telling the king and the queen the bad news about the drought, God also knew that it was very risky for him to say, stay in Samaria. So God directed him to hide in the Kiris Ravine in the east of Jordan. So if you can see the a map, you know, do we have the map? In the east of Jordan, which is, okay, no map, okay. <laughs> so in the east of Jordan, so, so if it is Jordan, okay, there's Jordan and then in the, in the, east, in the east of Jordan, which is not too far from Elijah was from. So at that moment, Elijah probably felt a little bit relieved, just like, okay, finally, he didn't need to do, to do another crazy another crazy thing that could risk his life. He could finally spend time in solitude, away from people and the threat from the queen who was after his life. But unfortunately, God's direction isn't only risky, but can seem a little bit ridiculous because Elijah probably didn't have enough time to pack up his belongings or to pack up some food. And the next thing that he knew that God had directed him to retreat to a place near a brook. And the water from the brook would sustain his life for a while. So interestingly, God also directed the ravens to bring him bread and meat in the morning and evening. Okay? So at least... Elijah had a good balance for his meals. What else did he need? He got the carb and also the protein, right? Carb and protein in the morning and in the evening. So even though God's direction was extreme, God remembered and took care of Elijah's need. What, whenever Elijah heard the sounds, it meant... Breakfast or dinner was ready. Okay, so next time when you have your breakfast and dinner, you know, wife or husband just like, burr, burr. <laughs> remember that, okay? So it is also a reminder that God was his provider and he need not worry. And Elijah knew that he also could not stay in the brook in Kareth Ravine for a long time since the water was getting less and less due, due to the drought. So if you were Elijah, would you be depressed and start counting the days until the water would be gone? Or would you be grateful for the days that you had the water? Sometimes we have difficulty seeing the good things that we have, but keep counting the days until we think we are going to lose them or keep counting the things that we don't have. So be grateful what you have. Enjoy the company of your loved ones. Appreciate them 
while you can. And that's also one of the reasons that I quit a lot of my job last year so that I could spend more time with my husband. So when the burp dried up, Elijah knew that it was his time to move on and to listen to God's next direction. In our life, God's giving direction to us continuously. It is not a one-time deal. Sometimes he brings you to a place or bring people to you. And sometimes the direction is clear and sometimes we think it was not that clear. No matter how risky or outrageous the direction that God is going to give you in this coming year, we have to acknowledge the theme of his direction is allowing us to understand the real source of our life. That protection and provision is from God. The direction from God is not necessarily great because it is not the GPS that will help you to reach your destination the fastest way or in the shortest distance. Sometimes it is risky and maybe a little bit confusing because sometimes it takes you to the long route. And God's second risky and perplexing direction was reflected in his command for Elijah to move from Kareth Ravine to Zarephath, a town about 85 miles north from Kareth Ravine. And Zarephath belonged to Sidon. And you remember the queen was from Sidon. Elijah was commanded to go and reside in the heart of the very land from which Baal's worship in Israel was being promoted. It was another risky move for Elijah. Then he found out when he got to Jarephath, he's going to be fed by a widow. And the widows in the Old Testament were associated with the neediest people in the society. The widows just like the same as orphan and the poor. Elijah had to turn to the widow and ask the widow to help. God sent Elijah to reside among his enemies, seeking help from the sort of person one would least expect. Therefore, God's direction can be full of surprises and not necessarily meet our own expectation. So whatever circumstances you are facing right now or will be facing in the future that give you a feeling of helplessness, loss, or grief, you should bring all these matters of desperation before the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Let God take care of your need and direct you. Sometimes God's direction is not what we expected. But if we are willing to follow his command, the unexpected can happen. And from the story of Elijah, I summarize the three basic fundamentals for following God's direction. First, Elijah showed Complete commitment, okay, complete commitment. He believed that God was in complete control and had the ability to provide for him. Oftentimes, we cannot hear the direction because of our lack of faith and inability to surrender to God. If we were Elijah, we would have thought going to Kareth Ravine 
or to the Zarephath in Sidon in the north would not make any sense. Perhaps finding refuge in the southern kingdom of Judah would, would, would be easier, closer and safer since they also worship God. So why should he run away to a farther place when he could just like go, you know, several miles across from Jordan and went to Jerusalem? But God put Elijah in an unexpected situation so that he could experience God's goodness day and night through the provision of the raven and even through the provision of a widow. So just imagine every step that he took for 85 miles going to the north was full of uncertainties. God was with him and God protected him from the people who would have wanted to harm him. When you show complete commitment to follow God this year, God doesn't promise that everything will be well. I wonder what Elijah was feeling when he began his long journey to a foreign country. Every stop that he made was probably miserable. Just imagine walking for 85 miles, going to the opposite direction, to the place that you can find the refuge. And just going through the journey, he had to experience and witness the brokenness of the people who were going through famine and whose hearts were hardened even more by worshiping the idols instead of turning to God. It is especially painful for a prophet to see that everyone turning their back from God. It was a journey that was full of grief and uncertainties. What is your journey from Kerith Ravine to Japheth that feels like it is taking forever, that will probably cause you to shed a lot of tears, feel fearful and uncertain? Sometimes God brings you to the heart of the problem instead of solving your problems for you so that you can make peace with yourself and acknowledge that you need him to help you. This is for you, Kyle. He made it to my sermon. I'm praying for all of you who will be taking this uncertain journey. Remember, it was God who filled the brook with water, directed the ravens to provide for Elijah. And it was also God who allowed the jug of flour not to be used up and the oil not to dry up so that the widow, her son, and the prophet had food to eat. God will help you to overcome your life problems you have and wipe away your tears when everything doesn't seem right. There were a lot of things that did not seem right, you know, for the past two years. When I say we have to have complete commitment to follow God's direction, it doesn't mean that we have to be passive and wait for God to come to our rescue. Elijah did his part by fulfilling his responsibility as the prophet to deliver the message to the king. He was underrun per God's direction. He was not stubborn by staying in Kareth Ravine after the brook was out of water. 
he did his part and allowed God to take care of the rest. Do your part in your complete commitment to follow God. So if you are sick, you know, please get help from the doctor and pray for those who treat you. If you are struggling with addiction, seek professional help, praying to God. If your marriage is going downhill, be truthful to God. If you are the one who needs help so God can work in your life. So just remember complete commitment when we have to follow God. We can question God why, you know, why I have to go so far away. Question God. You know, that's the thing that I always teach the children. Just question God. You know, he will answer you. And the second, fear not. Fear not. Elijah told the widow, don't be afraid. When she told Elijah the circumstances that she didn't have the bread to offer to Elijah, but only water. It was good enough by the widow. Just like, well, I have water, you know. But Elijah said, no, give me bread, you know. So she didn't have the bread to offer to Elijah, but the water because she was planning to make the last loaf of bread for her son and herself to consume and then prepare to die. Wow, you know, just like, well, this is my last bread and then I'm going to die. That is so hard to hear. When we are following God's direction, fear not because God can use what we have, but not what we don't have. God could use a little flour and oil from the widow to sustain her and her son's life and also bless Elijah. What do we have in this coming year that we can say to God, use this, multiply this so we can bless the church. This is not the prosperity gospel, okay. But this is in the Bible. It's like God can use, you know, use what I have, bless my church, bless my family. Bless my coworkers, bless my neighbors, bless my spouse, bless my children. And it can be the mini cupcakes made by Gerd. Okay? For every baby shower at Connection Church. Okay, God can use her. And then it can also be a short text or a card to comfort those in need. It can be a cup of hot soup delivered to those who are sick. God can use what you have to bless those who are in need and in desperation. Fear not because nothing is too little to give, but it is the heart behind your giving that is more important. So when we follow God's direction this year, you will be surprised. God oftentimes wants us to do it with the company of another person as well. So the third basic fundamental for following God's direction is you don't need to do it alone. You don't need to do it alone. There is a time for solitude when we are going through difficulties. However, there is also a time to share what we have with others in need. God brought Elijah through all the trouble and he traveled for such a long distance so he could get daily provision from a widow. Wasn't there another widow nearby? Why this particular widow? Because they thought at that moment, she encountered Elijah, that it was almost the end of her life. She had nothing to offer. Surprisingly, God could use another desperate person to help you and me who are desperate. Whatever happened to you this year, 
if there is something to rejoice about, share it with your church so we can celebrate with you. If you need someone to cry with you, share it with your church so we can all cry together and pray with you. Because we are a church, we don't need to do it alone. If you are the widow, you have something to offer because you have what it means to be desperate. So a week before Christmas, I was having a hard time and I reached out to some of you. Your prayers, texts, phone calls, cards, and encouragement were like the flower and oil of that widow that has sustained me. I know I'm not alone. So please don't do it, don't do it alone when we are going through our journey, even if we are on the top of the mountain or in the valley of the shadow. Don't do it alone. We hope this coming year, we will have a clear direction in our desperation by showing God our full commitment to follow Him, fear not to be used by Him, and not doing it alone. And to start the new year, I would like to encourage all of you to stay after the church and celebrate with Progress and Terence. There is a baby shower. Gifts are not expected, okay? Your present will give them a blessing. And to celebrate with them will be so much appreciated. We have enough room to be socially distanced. You can get your food and get your chair, sit in a place that you feel comfortable, okay? If it is possible, please wear your mask when you get your food. Don't talk in front of the food, okay? <laughs> Just wear your mask. We also have gluten-free. And I would like to invite Pastor George to lead the you know, the prayer of the people, because we have a lot of people who need prayers, you know, pray for people in Boulder, and also pray for, you know, several families who got COVID, and just pray for healing. Thank you, Pastor George. Thank you, Ruth. 